Do you November? Do you? <laughs> when there was an election in COVID, <laughs> people standing in lines just for voting. <laughs> na, 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 and we hope Biden wins. <laughs> uh. Hello, Moody's. It's Christine and King Choi. And welcome to episode eight of the Insert Mood podcast. This is a very special episode. It is election week of 2020. It, it is. It is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020 at 9.54 a.m. Pacific time. Pacific time. <laughs> <laughs> it's specific. specific and Pacific. It's yes. Both. We're in a very specific time zone and in a Pacific time zone. <laughs> and yeah, we wanted to do a pre-recording uh, for this episode, just doing a temperature check of how both of us are feeling before the results start rolling in later on tonight for the 2020 presidential election here in the United States. So Christine, how are you feeling? It feels weird today. It's... I... <laughs> So I've, I've been trying this thing, hear me out, uh, where I've been trying not to stress anxiously about events before they happen because I've come to realize that that doesn't really help anything. Like even if the event does come to pass, like a worst case scenario, then stressing about it won't make it better or worse. And then you've just been more stressed all that time. That being said, I, I feel kind of numb to everything right now. I don't know if if you or if anyone else is feeling that way, but it's like I don't feel actively stressed, but the world has put a layer of stress and anxiety just on top. So everything feels heavy and numb and strange. And it's so crazy that today is such a deciding factor for how things will be moving forward. Like, like things will be bad this evening and tomorrow and in the coming week, no matter what, like no matter who wins. I think that's a fact. So it's, it's kind of like everyone is bracing themselves for what this could potentially mean. It's a weird time. I know, I know everyone's feeling the pressure of today. What you just said about trying not to worry or spin out in preparation for either the good or the bad, right? I think, mm -hmm. you know, on mm -hmm. both ends of the spectrum, being too excited about something can also spin you out in a negative way. Being But then also being negative and especially negative about a potential negative outcome and preparing for that uh. is also not good as well. Something that came to mind or Zen proverb is the following. Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. So yeah, it's not like things really, really change. There are things that sort of like, hopefully move towards the better. But yeah. even after this election, you know, the work, there's so much more work to be done by everybody, you know, yours truly uh, included, to sort of continue to move this country forward in a more positive light in a more inclusive light, as yeah. well as, you know, and also to doing what we can to undo the damage of the last four years as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I was discussing this with some friends last night and we were talk talking about how after Obama was elected the second time, then 
there was probably a certain level of complacency that that seeped into to people without people knowing it and led to where we are today and I think this has been a huge wake-up call for a lot of people and I hope we just continue to keep keeping other people accountable you know in the in the government and people we know and also ourselves like I I want to continue on this path personally of learning to be better and I was watching Jesse uh, at Jesse Mechanic. If you if you guys don't know him, you guys should definitely check him out. But he does these great speeches, and he's so articulate when it comes to speaking about systemic issues within the United States, like things like nationalism and things like systemic racism, and just he he's definitely someone worth checking out. Certainly far more articulate than I am. I, I really admire him and, and what he brings to the table when it comes to talking about these types of issues. And I, I think he's a good source for just trying to make sense of it all. Like, why does this all feel so insane? And it's like, oh, that's why. That's what's going on. One of the things that kind of gives me hope and definitely paying attention to early voting stats that are coming in, especially Mm -hmm. from key states. One of the promising signs is, you know, pre-election day voting surge this year. And a lot of people have been casting their ballots early, including yours truly. I personally went back to San Francisco. Uh, For those of you who have clocked previous episodes, you would know that I'm sheltering in place up here in Oregon, but I purposely made a trip back to San Francisco two weeks ago to make sure that I personally dropped in my ballot uh, since I'm registered in San Francisco at City Hall. And then I also walked my mom through the ballot, had her fill it out, and then also accompanied her to drop in her own ballot in City Hall as well. So I think a lot of people are doing what they can to make sure that their voices are being heard, either making sure that their family members are you know, voting themselves or having very difficult discussions with close friends and family. I just spoke with a friend of mine also that had a really rough weekend this last week. She herself is you know, Democratic and votes Democrat, but her family is Republican and very, very strong. That's really tough. And so it's really coming to a head, I think, this last week. And that's taking a lot out of people that are engaged in these sort of disputes (laughs) from Mm -hmm. a political front that's really driving a divisive line into their family ties. Yeah. Yeah. But for some people, it's been a rough lifetime. And oh, I think for sure. That, and yes. I think that that's really what this is all about is that there have been people who've been dealing with this their whole lives. And if, and if the tides turn in favor of Trump, then things will just get progressively worse. Like we will descend into utter madness and also, and not just descending into it, but like, but a leader who condones it. Oh, yeah. Um, and and doesn't care about human decency or respect. So I don't know, that that's really what this is all about, is, is making the world a better place for people who have had it so rough for so long and making it better for them in the future and for people who don't even exist yet or little kids who are growing up. Like just, I hope that 
the world can be a better place for them. And I think people are trying and I, I hope it, it moves that way. Yeah. I hope we descended to kindness and not madness. <laughs> Speaking of descending this last weekend, I, because of Halloween, I did go to a haunted house and what you just talked about kind of brought up this metaphor in my head around how the last four years has kind of been like a haunted house. <laughs> and and, you know, there's various portions of a haunted house or attraction. And so I think I want to tap out. I am the person that wants to tap out before going through the rest of this haunted house. <laughs> I don't want four more years of this. And, but then also, you know, how people have been saying that the future is definitely in the hands of the younger generation and the children. But I am actually very hopeful that the younger, younger generation, which is 18 to 24, or those under 30, have increasingly shown up to early voting and registration for this election. I'm and proud of them, dude. I'm proud of them. I'm, yeah. I'm so proud of them. I'm, I, I love that journey for them. Yeah. I, I love what that means for everybody. And I, you know, I love seeing like the political TikToks that they put out. I love was it the Proud Boys one? Oh, the Proud Boys one. Yeah. Younger generation of queer people taking over Twitter and the Proud Boy hashtag. Oh, so good. We love to see it. We, yeah. And uh, I, I was also discussing this with some friends yesterday. We, to an extent, feel bad that it took us this long to become so politically active. But, you know, people who are younger, you know, like in the 18 to 24 demographic or younger, They've been embroiled in this since they were born. You know, they were born in a time where all they knew was being connected to the internet. All they knew was post 9-11 and all the shit that's come from that. And I, I can't help but feel that like that has ignited a, a fire under all of them. They, they've been born into that world and you know, I, I hope that this means good things for the future. I, th I think things are moving in the right direction. And I hope with this election that they do too. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I love numbers and stats and writing long lists of presentation decks and what have you. <laughs> and so I love doing the number play and taking a look at the coverage around key battleground states mm -hmm. uh, for the 2020 election. And one of them back in 2016 was Michigan. And so Michigan currently has tripled their share of pre-election vote that are coming in from voters under 30 versus the same time frame in 2016. Hell yeah. And so, you know, after in-person voting finished in 2016, younger voters only accounted for 21% of the total mm -hmm. vote. So I'm hoping that by tripling the number and that younger people have been showing up, what that also means is that those younger voters are actually voting for change and voting for a better future. And so that's actually one of the stats that's actually giving me some hope. But again, stats yeah. do lie. We have yeah. definitely known how they have lied to us and polls, you can't trust polls a lot of the times, but you know, hopefully these stats are promising enough and trustworthy enough that it's actually gonna be a precursor as well as a, a good foreshadowing to a positive and a desired outcome for a better future. So by the next time you hear from us, 
uh, in the next few seconds, uh, we're going to be in a different world. What kind of world is it going to be? We don't know. Christine, are you prepared? I, I have to be. <laughs> yeah, because the next time you hear from us is going to be after the results roll in and we would know who our president is from the 2020 election. Hello, Moody's. It is Christine. And King Choi. And we are coming to you live from the future. <laughs> Those are our very professional sound effects. Right? Uh, it is, what day is it now? Time is a concept. It is November 14th, 11.51 Pacific time. And specific. Because <laughs> we love a good callback. Yes, we are always here for callbacks. Uh, yeah, so it's November 14th. It's been 11 days since the election day, quote unquote. I say quote unquote election day because let's be real, guys. Um, what the actual fuck was the last 10 days? Exactly. What has been happening? Yeah. Well, let's insert our mood now, right? So what is the mood that we're inserting after over 10 days of waiting, anxiousness, weirdness? What is the mood that we would insert here for this episode, Christine? I think the mood is tired yet optimistic because we've, as a country, shown that we can turn things around. Yes. But it's also... I'm also tired of waiting this long for a country to get a shit together. <laughs> it's exhausting. And it shouldn't have taken this long. It should have been by a landslide. But unfortunately, a lot of Americans, specifically white Americans, continued to vote for another four years of Trump. And I'm glad to say that we did win as Democrats the popular vote by more than 5 million votes, which is 2 million more than what Hillary did back in 2016. And we're now at 305 electorate votes uh, to allow Biden to become president-elect. And so that's amazing. Amazing. Yes. And want to talk about how you dealt with you know, the weirdness. And I know in our recording on November 3rd, Christine, you were saying you were going to try not to stress over things that haven't happened yet. Right? Right. And so how did you manage on election night as results were rolling in? And even in the days that followed, how did you manage your stress levels? So I definitely found the last 10 days or so to be pretty stressful, especially as it was unclear whether Biden would win or not. I think that was really stressful for everybody. But I did think I did a pretty good job of trying not to stress about the future because I knew that as the days went by, it hadn't been determined yet. Like things were swaying one way or another. And I definitely knew some people who were being really pessimistic about the results. And I was like, can you not? Like it's, you know, we're like five or six hours into counting. 
there's still mail-in ballots. We just, you know, we need to wait it out because at this point we've done everything we can. All there's left to do is count and wait. Um, and, and so that's what happened. I think it was kind of just taking it day by day. And someone asked me the other day, do you remember exactly what you were doing that day? And I, I don't, I don't remember what I was doing on November 3rd because I feel like it, it, it felt different from other monumental events that have happened politically in our lifetime um, because those were like one and done events, right? But in, in this case, it was like, okay, here's a day where we're gonna start to count <laughs> and where people can go in in person and vote like the last day to do so. So it was kind of just waiting that out. And, and as a result, I think that next week was just a huge blur. Like oh, I- for sure. It was a huge blur. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you what I did that day unless I specifically looked back at like my text messages and like phone call history and whatnot. I, I don't know. And, and, and also, you know, that recording that we did on November 3rd, I was like, oh yeah. Before we recorded this, we had to go back and listen to it again just to like see what we talked about. Yeah, because it's been such a blur and such an experience, <laughs> a roller coaster ride of emotion that that we've all been on. So I think I I think I did cope the best that I could, and I I think it helped talking to other people about it, trying to get support from other people. We were all trying to keep each other in the loop. It was, I, I tried not to be, you know, glued to CNN or anything like that because that was exhausting. But I, I found that it helped to keep the anxiety at bay if I tended to talk to people about it or like every now and then we would share things with each other to stay on top of the knowledge but not be drowning in it. <laughs> well, good for you because I- <laughs> Can't relate. Can't relate. <laughs> I ended up, acting as if I was like a CNN election correspondent. Oh my God, you would be so good at that though. With would... two laptops, with my TV on, I was also on my phone. Also at a certain point over the course of the few days, right after November 3rd, on a work Slack, I also, no one asked, but I also started sharing my statistical forecast for Georgia. <laughs> and I was like, you guys, it's going to be okay. I've been following all these numbers. Biden's going to take Georgia, but like less than 0.5%, which you know what? It ended up becoming true. He did flip Georgia as well as flipping Michigan and a few other uh, key states that Hillary didn't take in 2016. And doing a good callback to the young people and everybody that's been showing up for early voting, they really showed up and it really did count. Like those absentee ballots, as well as mail-ins and early voting really, really took Biden through to the finish line and yay to the younger generation and for showing up to fight for a better future. I am, that is what's actually making me so optimistic. I know, we too. Yeah. And Fast forward to November 7th, seeing Kamala and Biden take to the stage to own the winning of the election, regardless of whether or not Trump still admits to it or not. It was very emotional. I remember watching and hearing Kamala's speech, crying my eyes out, 
calling all my friends, <laughs> FaceTiming them, and then also seeing Joe. Like, I've never seen Joe before. Just really spitting fire at his acceptance speech. I was, like, really, really hopeful. I'm like, I've never seen Joe speak with that amount of energy, amount of insp like inspiring energy that I've been sort of, like, hankering for i've been like i've been wanting to sort of see that from him and he really delivered during that acceptance speech on november 7th there is something so beautiful about having leaders who are passionate articulate intelligent it just it it is a world of difference it like it, it's a very inspiring thing yeah, and it felt like the world also celebrated as well. Yeah. I'm hearing of a lot of reports of people as well as governments in other countries that are like, yay, U.S. is finally getting a shit back together. Oh, the, the shade, the shade. From the shade of it all. It's also, it, it felt like the other countries were coming out and saying, oh, you're breaking up with your boyfriend? Well, I'm so glad you did because we- I never really liked him like anyway. Him. <laughs> I didn't really like him. And hey, we did successfully tap out of this haunted house and we will not be getting another four years of Trump, but we're still in the parking lot. We haven't really left. <laughs> no, we're still in the parking lot. Things are still spooky. Uh, they're still trying to keep the haunted house up. Yeah, and what did you say, your sister who lives in D.C.? Because it is, yeah. again, to remind our listeners, we are recording on November 14th. So even after the Kamala and Biden acceptance speech, Trump still hasn't admitted defeat. Mm -mm. And I don't know that he will. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing a march. They're doing a march. I, I don't know the exact name. I think it's the MAGA Million March or something like that. And yeah, my sister lives just, just outside of DC. She texted our group chat a picture this morning and she was like, look at what's happening at the hotel, like right near me. And it was a bunch of people in MAGA hats, not a mask in sight. And they're just everywhere. Like there's pictures of that floating around everywhere. And it's, I think it just shows how exhausting this all is that even when things are done fairly and justly and you know to the point of the democratic law like to half of america it seems to not matter so i guess we'll see how that goes but something interesting that did happen call back to to what we were saying earlier about lgbtq plus community taking over the proud boys tag with pictures of gay couples. So the, the K-pop stands were, actually, I don't know if they were asked to or, or what, but basically the idea was to take over the MAGA Millions hashtag with things about pancakes. So just tons of stuff about pancakes, syrup, all kinds of stacks so that the tag becomes unusable. And I think that's great. I Bless think that's their lovely. heart. Bless, Bless their, their heart. heart. Bless their heart. Love it. Yeah. And speaking about Trump, I feel like he's just, he's a total child right now. And 
it's like being told that he now needs to leave the playground mm-hmm. and he's refusing to leave. So instead of being a gracious sort of person about it, he's now pissing all over the playground so other kids can't play at it. And if they do, things will be fucked. Because he fired the Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, which is unheard of in previous transition of power between presidents outgoing versus incoming. And because the Secretary of Defense has been kept through the transition of power in previous elections, because you want to make sure that the foundation of national safety, as well as other organizations that is used, as well as operating to ensure the safety, health, and just stability of the country is kept in place. He just like, nope, I'm going to fire you because Mark Esper refused to deploy federal troops to states that had overwhelming protests in the name of Black Lives Matter and George Floyd. And Mark Esper was like, no, you know, the Fed should not be stepping in. This is not our place. And I think Trump is just now like, if I'm on the way out, I'm also just going to fuck everything up. So when Biden comes in, he's going to have a harder time getting the shit together. Yeah. Dude, come on. I mean, that's what's, that's, what's awful too, is that even if Trump had backed out gracefully, which no one really expected, then like part of Biden's legacy will be having to be cleanup crew. Um, And I I do really hope that with him as a leader, then a lot of things will turn around and a lot of good plans will be put into place. And I, and I know that people, you, me, like uh, so many other people will try to continue to hold the next administration accountable for things. But I, yeah, it, it is frustrating that, that he's like coming into a mess. Oh, yeah. And then also, not only is he not admitting defeat, but also the writings on the wall. Every outgoing president should be inviting the president-elect to the White House to discuss transition plans and also just do a official sort of like talk of transfer of power. Obviously, the invite has not come in to Biden from Trump for such a meeting. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think Biden even cares, to be honest, and I think that's great. But then that's also just another... It's so petty. Petty example of the lack of character Mm -hmm. that was the U.S. president. (laughs) Because now I'm fully wholeheartedly embracing and have been embracing Joe Biden as our president-elect, as well as our president in 2021 and moving forward. And I am so happy about that. Yes, I think a lot of us are. (laughs) I don't know if you saw, you know the song, (laughs) did you see people playing over um, T.I. saying, I want Joe Biden, me Joe Biden? (laughs) What? No. Yeah, it's great. I'll have to show that to you after. Love that. So... I do think that now the election is 
still in the midst of going on because there's still (laughs) lawsuits being filed by the Trump administration or there's still lawsuits being filed by Trump's lawyers around absentee votes, the stop the vote versus continue counting the vote. Oh my God, just make your decision. (laughs) So I still think the Zen proverb that I brought up in our pre-recording is still really relevant to our discussion about how we move forward as a country. And to revisit the proverb, the proverb was, before enlightenment, cut wood, carry water. After enlightenment, cut wood, carry water. And so even after this election, and thankfully it has gone in our favor, we still need to do the work to make sure that this better future is not only put on the shoulders of the administration, but it's also on the people that wants a better future still needs to continue to show up for that future Mm -hmm. and work for it. Mm -hmm. And, And it's very much true to what I've been doing the last 10 days as well. I'm still volunteering with my organization, Lavender Recreational Youth and Information Center called Lyric in San Francisco, where our board just hired our first Black trans executive director. I'm also in talks with my drag group to also put together a benefit for our nightlife community of drag queens that are now out of work because of COVID and will continue to be out of work because it sounds like we're going to be sheltering in place for another good few months with all of these orders that are coming in because of rising COVID numbers again. And we all need to do our part. And I'm hoping that you, the listener, don't feel like you just got a participation award (laughs) if you voted for Biden that the work is done because it's not. And I challenge you to look to your immediate community uh, on a local, at a state level, if not national level, to see how you can continue to participate in the change that mm-hmm. you want to see in this country. But then also take do take a moment to enjoy this. It has been a very rough four years of holding our breath. <laughs> oh God, yeah. And it is time for us to give ourselves a little bit permission to do a sigh of relief, but then also prepare for the inevitable fight to continue to make sure that Trump doesn't continue to fuck up our country (laughs) in the next two to three months that he's still in office. God, yeah. We'll we'll see how it plays out. (laughs) We will see how it plays out. And with that said, I do think that we do want to close out this episode by shifting over to our closing segment, Traveling Traveling Through through the Medium medium of of Entertainment. entertainment. (laughs) Maybe one day we'll have real sound effects. (laughs) Maybe one day is this episode. Maybe one day. (laughs) Insert sound effect here. Yes. (laughs) It's It's just a goat. (laughs) (laughs) so christine what forms of entertainment have you been enjoying recently i have very recently gotten into disney plus i know i'm behind a lot of people but i just finished watching season one of the mandalorian and it hits all the right things for me. Like I love sci-fi, I love adventure, um, I love cute shit, and 
like baby Yoda is everything. So <laughs> I'm obsessed with baby Yoda every time he was on screen. So, so cute. Really, really been enjoying that. And I'm excited that there's a few episodes of season two that I can now watch. So that's been a big one for me. I'm waiting for all of season two to be released before I start watching because I feel like I'm just so used to all of the series now being released entirely. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, mm, no, I'm not going to do this week to week thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I'm not 10 years old. So I know you're calling this uh, baby, baby Yoda, but technically it's called the child, Yeah. but I'm not going to clock you. It's fine. <laughs> I know you're not as deep in the Star Wars fandom as I am, but no, you know, because this timeline is actually post Yoda. So, okay, <laughs> I'll step off now. No, so I didn't know that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the, that's it. <laughs> I hope you talking about uh, a better future. I hope you learned something from that. Oh so future Star Wars fanatics won't come for you. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. I think, well, because everyone on social has been calling, has been saying Baby Yoda. And everyone and then on I know, social is wrong. Yeah, and that is definitely possible. So I know in the show, it's referred to as the child. And so I was like, okay, that's like an interesting distinction. They never say like Yoda. So I just assumed, but I'm curious. Um, I'm curious how many people knew that. I, well, just to fact check, because I did, and I am still right. <laughs> Mandalorian actually is taking place five years after the events in Return of the Jedi, which is actually in the timeline, episode six of the Star Wars Skywalker uh, franchise. Mm, okay. I just heard what came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't think I was a nerd then, you definitely know I'm a nerd now. <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. We're both very nerdy. We're both yes. <laughs> Speaking of nerdy, what I've been binging on is I don't like shows like Kim Kardashian or trashy reality shows, but what I found out I am really into is trashy documentary series. And what I mean by that is shows like Million Dollar American Princesses on the Smithsonian Channel, which documents the plight of American young women that were sent by their American rich families over to the UK to marry men of title to bring back to the U.S. titles like Duchess or Princess, because in the U.S., in the old days, you couldn't really get a title here in the U.S. So it's just all about these women that were trying to one-up each other in order to marry the dukes and princes of British Empire. And the reenactments and acting that is in those documentary series uh, is to die for. <laughs> the side eye, the acting, and the talking heads from historians that sort of talk over the overacting of these princesses. It is, it is like old school, what I feel to be like old school keeping up with the Kardashians, but from a historical standpoint, 
you know? Oh my God. I need to check this out. Yeah. Cause I feel like I'm learning something while watching something trashy and uh, that's my vibe. (laughs) Yeah. If it wasn't also clear, the two of us really love trashy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But in this case, but classy, exactly. Trashy, but classy. That is my vibe all day life is balance life (laughs) you need a little bit of both as they say in star wars there's a balance in the force and we're always searching for it oh my god (laughs) hey you get to be punny all the time when i find when i find an in for star wars i'm gonna i'm gonna take it (laughs) my face during this last five minutes has just been like oh my god but it's what i deserve it's what i deserve yeah, King is living his life and I'm here for it. And so should you. Yes, we're always here for it. I Honestly, I really do need to check out that show because I have always loved a good trashy historical romance novel. And that sounds like that, but just in real life. Oh, exactly. The actor who plays Lady Mary in Downton Abbey actually hosts one of the seasons of million dollar American princesses because the character mm-hmm. Lady Mary in Downton Abbey is essentially an American who actually went over to the UK and married a duke I believe in order to save his estate and so Lady Mary brought American money into the state to help revitalize it and then in return Lady Mary got the title of Lady Mary how many times can I say Lady Mary I hope Lady you... Mary, Lady Mary, Lady <laughs> She's appeared. It's like Bloody Mary, but instead of Bloody Mary showing up in the mirror, it's just a very, very <laughs> dressed up and fancy woman that just goes, what is a weekend? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, and with all of that said, I hope you enjoyed our episode and I hope you continue to stay optimistic even though we're all tired. <laughs> it's been exhausting, y'all. Uh, but I think there's hope in the horizon. Is that a Star Wars quote? I don't know. And <laughs> a new hope? A new yes. hope? <laughs> a new hope, yes. Very true. Thank you so much for, yeah. for adding tired, that. Tired, yet a new hope is brimming. So we are, <laughs> we are optimistic about the future, and we're optimistic about the way the world is going. And... We're optimistic about how much people care. So with that, we hope that all of you take care and have a great rest of your week. Bye, everybody. Bye, Moody's. Bye. Bye.